Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. We want to lift up our hearts, and we raise up our lives to you, when we just ask that you would just fill us with your Holy Spirit, that whatever your people are going through right now in this moment, that God, you would be, that you would step in, and that you would give perspective, that you would bring clarity, that you would give direction, and that you would allow your peace just to overwhelm your people right now. And so, Lord, we thank you that you are our friend. We thank you that you are our Savior. We thank you that you are a brother. We thank you that you are our God, our Lord, our Father. Lord, we thank you that you are everything that we are in, that we need in this moment. You are just that. You are a shelter. You are a bridge over troubled water. God, you are it all. And we just praise your name right now. And so we thank you, Father. Lord, be magnified, be glorified, be uplifted. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen and amen. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord to all of those who are with us online. We just want to welcome you and just praise God for the worship that we have experienced, for the praise and worship, for the songs, for the um, for the welcome and the prayer, we just praise God for all of his mighty acts in this moment right now. And I just want to welcome you officially uh, again to Relove Church. W regardless of where you're watching from or where you're worshiping from, I just want to thank you for taking a moment and just joining us in worship today. Now, as you know, we have been in the series for the last really three weeks, and we have been talking about God's plan, God's plan for your life, and how a lot of times God's plan for your life doesn't necessarily make sense. It doesn't necessarily, doesn't necessarily um, align with your plan for your life. And we are just trying to grow in our maturity. We are trying to grow in our, in our purpose. We are trying to grow in who God is and what God is calling us to do during this season. And so I just pray that you have been blessed by the messages. And today we're going to jump in. And I just want to really just, in this moment, just show you and just walk through the Word of God to really affirm in this moment right now that God does have a plan for your life. Like, I want you to get that, that God does have a plan for your life. And I, I get it. I understand that, that you are, that some of you all may still be wondering and questioning, but God does have a plan. And so we're going to jump into the Word of God, and I just want to read this text first as we dive into God's Word. It's Luke and chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse 26. This is generally the Christmas passage where we are reading of the introduction of the birth of Jesus to Mary, uh, his mother. And the Bible says in Luke in chapter 1, verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. 
And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And, hit, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Verse 37 says, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. And in this moment right now, I just want to talk to you briefly on the title, I Don't Like the Package. I Don't Like the Package. Father, we just lift up your name in this moment again. Open our, as we open our hearts, God, speak to your children in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's, there's something special about Christmas. I don't, I don't know how you all feel about Christmas, if it is your favorite holiday. I know Christmas is probably the, the most favorite holiday out of all of the holidays for a lot of people. And definitely for me and in my household, when I was a child growing up, Christmas was like the holiday of all holidays. And there was something special because obviously we would put up the trees and obviously we would put up the reefs and we would put up the poinsettias. That's what these things are called, right? Poinsettias, sorry. We would put up the poinsettias and we would put up the lights on the house and we would just really have a, a, a great festive time. But there's nothing out of the entire Christmas season, there's nothing quite like Christmas Eve. Do I got a witness? Like Christmas Eve, it's just like you are on the edge of expectation. You don't know what you're going to get the next day. You've given Santa your list, amen, right? You've given, you've given your list. You've written it twice. You've made sure everything was there. You were making sure that you were nice and not naughty, right? You followed all the rules. Christmas Eve comes, and if you're a child, you go to bed with so much, like, anticipation. I can't wait for the next day to come. And there's something about Christmas Eve because when you're, when you're a kid, 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 like, like four or five years old, then you're, like, you're ready. You're ready for that thing. But the little bit older you get, seven, eight years old, what you do is you start finding out your parents' ways. You start seeing where they stash the gifts. You start knowing all the hiding places. And I can never remember, I, I can always remember when I was about that age, seven, eight years old, there was a point where I would act like I was asleep. I would get up and I would peek out of my door and I would walk down the hallway very close, very, very quietly, and I would actually watch my parents wrapping the gifts. It was just something about it. I would watch them wrap the gifts and I would see them in the room by the tree and they'd be wrapping things. And, and obviously, like, by that time, I knew who Santa Claus was. But there was just something about, like, watching them wrap the gifts. There was something special about that. And then I'll never forget, I was probably... 
I don't know, 11 years old, 12 years old. Yeah, I was probably like 12, maybe 13 years old. My, my little sister was just born. She was probably two or three years old. And my father, he invited me into the sacred tradition of wrapping the gifts on Christmas Eve for my little sister. I'll never forget, he said, Seth, why don't you come down and why don't you help me put your sister's tricycle together? We were living in Michigan, and I, I went downstairs, and there my mom was there, and my dad was there, and they actually invited me into that sacred tradition of wrapping the gifts for my little sister. And I was putting her tricycle together and putting it, making sure everything worked well, and I was so excited about that moment to be a part of the Christmas gift-giving, gift-wrapping process. And then I became a parent, <laughs> and it all fell on my shoulders now. And I'm the one, and I can remember, I'm the one. My wife and I are up late at night wrapping the gifts for my daughters and making sure that all of the presents are put together. And while my, kids, while my kids are asleep, we are working, we are wrapping, because we want to make sure when they wake up on Christmas morning that everything is just perfect. I don't know if your Christmas was like that at all, but that's how it kind of was in my household when I was a kid, and that's kind of how the tradition still cont continues in my household now. But what's interesting is that the gift preparation process doesn't start on Christmas Eve. The gift preparation process actually starts like way before even December. It's like all year long, like mom and dad are working. And all year long, mom and dad hopefully are kind of saving so that when Christmas comes, like, there's been so much time and so much investment and so much energy that has been put into, like, even right now, like, it's not quite Christmas, but it's probably been about three weeks now. I've been kind of, like, looking through Amazon, wondering, okay, what is it that my daughters want or what is it that they more so need? And I'm just kind of already in that gift preparation process mode when they have no idea what's going on. They have no idea. They're not like, like the actual day, while they're aware of it, is not on a, a regular part of their consciousness. But I know that every time I get paid, I say, okay, I'm going to set aside a little bit for Christmas. And I'm going to set aside a little bit for Christmas because I am constantly trying to prepare while they are oblivious and unaware of what's going on. Their mother and their father are working to make sure on that day they have a good Christmas experience. And I, I believe just in my own mind that similarly, God is also working. God is also working, preparing gifts for his children. And that while we're sleeping at night and while we're oblivious and we're just driving down that demonic 91, right? It, it still hasn't become any less demonic that we've been in COVID. While, while we're still driving down that 91, God is behind the scenes constantly working on behalf of his children, trying to ordain our steps and trying to lead us and trying to make sure that we have everything that we need, trying to continue to bring us into the revealed revelation of his will. God is constantly working. But, like, but just like the Christmas gifts I, I give my daughters, the gifts of God don't always come in the package that I want or in the package that I expect. That sometimes... Sometimes the gifts of God come in packages that I actually don't even want. Okay, so let me break it down for you, for those of you all who are online, uh, online at home. See, 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 God wanted to give Joseph the gift of purpose, but it came wrapped in, in the package of betrayal. It came wrapped in the package of loss and forsakenness when his brothers betrayed him. 
God wanted to give, give Hannah the gift of a son who would one day become probably the greatest prophet of all time, Samuel. But it, became, it came wrapped in the package of, of being tormented by her husband's other wife, Penina, who had 10 sons and constantly teased her because she had no sons. That God wanted to give Paul the gift of shaping the entire Christian world. But it came wrapped in being shipwrecked and beaten with rods. It came wrapped in being stoned. It came, it came wrapped in being robbed and, and turned against by his own people. Like a lot of times God has a gift for us, but that gift doesn't always come wrapped in the package that we want or the package that we expect. God wanted to give David the gift of leading the nation of Israel, but it came wrapped in the package of being pursued and hated by Saul. The gift doesn't always come wrapped in the package we want or the package that we expect, but it is a gift from God nonetheless. And if God is trying to give us a gift, it's because there's something in it that God wants for us, that God recognizes will add value to us, and that through that gift, we will be able to truly step into the purposes and plans of God for our life. You see, see what I want to make sure that, that all of us in here and all of us online right now are very clear is that God loves you. Like, just, just, just on top of everything, God loves you. In fact, if you can just put it in the chat or if you can just turn to the next person next to you and say, God loves you, God loves you. Let Ash know that God loves him, right, right, right. Like, like let my brother know, like, God, God loves you. Fundamentally, God loves you. And because God loves you, God has also given you an assignment. He's also given you an assignment. You can call it an assignment. You can call it a purpose. You can call it a plan. Because God loves you, he's not going to say, well, I love you, and so therefore I just want you to sit in the corner and do nothing. He, God doesn't say, I love you, and just because I love you, I want you just to kind of hang out there and do nothing with your life. No, so God says, I love you, and I have a purpose for your life. I have a plan for your life. I have a calling on your life. There's something very specific. There is a contribution that you can make to my kingdom. Right, like you are a valuable member of the family and because you're a part of the family of God and I love you with an everlasting love, there's something very special I want you to do. In fact, I love how Paul says it in Ephesians chapter two, one of my favorite verses, Paul says that you are his masterpiece. Just say masterpiece. You are his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. That you are God's masterpiece Paula I mean do you just let that sink in like 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 I know you might say okay my husband says he loves me and my wife says she loves me but 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 just in a real sense do you even understand fundamentally that you are God's masterpiece I don't know how you understand the concept of masterpiece, but what I understand is that if someone has a masterpiece, that thing is like special. Like, 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 like if you give me a, a, a painting, I'm gonna put that thing not just in my, in my house, but I'm gonna cover it with glass. Like I wanna make sure no dust gets on it, no dirt goes on it. I wanna make sure my daughters don't touch it. It's a masterpiece. And God says, you are my masterpiece. And the reason why I created you was for good works, for you to do something, for you to contribute, for you to have purpose, for you to have a, a plan for your life, for you to have a call upon your life. 
Not to just wander through life aimlessly, working a dead-end nine-to-five. No, God says, I called you for greater things than that. And with that, God says, not only did I create and create, call you to do good works, but he says, I actually planned for you to do these good works before you ever were here. I mean, the text says that he created us anew in Christ Jesus to do good works that were prepared for us beforehand. So before we ever showed up, before we ever stepped on the scene, God already had a plan in place for your life. He says, I had a plan. It's like my wife and I work hard to get my daughters the gifts. We have a plan. Now, now, let me just talk to you just real quick. Um, uh, uh, George, how would you feel if, if, if you, you worked, I mean, you're working two jobs, brother, right? Like, you're working hard, hard, right? Like, how would you feel if you worked super hard to get your girlfriend a gift, right? You knew, like, yo, she's going to love it. You, you, you got it specially uh, 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 wrapped, right? You went to those, one of those professional uh, uh, wrappers in the mall, and you were like, listen, this thing's going to be legit, and you wrapped it all up, and you gave it to her. How would you feel? Just talk to me just for a moment. How would you feel if when you gave her the gift and she unwrapped it, she looked at it like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> it would hurt. It would hurt just a little, just a little. Like, like if you went through all, like you recognize, like, listen, baby, I've been like, like literally, I'm like, working midnight shifts, like I'm, I'm punching the clock, like literally I'm having sleepless, sometimes working 18, 20 hours a day, and I, and I do all that I've done, and when I give you the gift, you look at it like, mm, I'm good. I mean, how would you feel? Like, yo, yo, like, like you gave her a gift, and she was like, ah, she was like, nice try. <laughs> Come again. Let's rewind. Let's run that back. I mean, I, like, I can't, I can't help but think about, about, um, Joseph, like, like imagine if Joseph would have looked at the package of being betrayed by his brothers. If Joseph would have looked at the package of being lied on by Potiphar's wife. If Joseph would have looked at the package of being forgotten about in prison. And Joseph would have said, you know what, God, mm, I know you want to give me the gift of purpose. And I know you want to give me the gift of, 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 of being in a position to save my family. But I don't like the package. I'm good. I mean, imagine if you gave someone a gift and they didn't even open the gift. They just saw the type of package it was. They're like, I don't even know. I don't even care what's in the gift. I don't want it because I don't like the package. I mean, imagine if, if Hannah would have looked at the package of being teased by, by her husband's other wife for a number of years. And if Hannah would have been like, you know what, God, mm, I, I don't, I don't want to even deal with this because I don't like the package. I mean, just imagine if Paul would have looked at the package of being shipwrecked and beaten and robbed and said, God, you know what? I know you want to do good things through me. And I know you want me to be like the main author of the New Testament. And I know you want my voice and my theology to really shape all of Christianity, but I, that shipwreck thing, God, I'm, not, I'm good. I mean, just imagine if God comes and God says to you, I got a plan, I got a purpose, I got a call for you, for your life, and yet when you look at it, you reject the assignment of God just because you do not like the package or, you are, or, or it comes in a package that you did not expect. You see, you see, you were chosen. I want you to hear me. You were chosen, and you were called, and you were ordained, 
and God called you forth from your mother's womb. I want you to be very clear. God called you forth from your mother's womb because he had a special, unique assignment just for you. Number one, that assignment is to be in relationship with him. Like at its core, I want to be in, I, I, I birthed you, I called you, I brought you forth because I want to be in relationship with you. But then he's saying, within the context of this relationship, there's some things I want you to do on earth. That you are special, that you are not an accident, even though the com- your, your parents coming together may have been an accident, you are not an accident. You know why? Because when you actually think biologically of, the, of what it took to get you here, There are, they say, and listen, I'm no scientist or medical person, but just a quick Google search, like, revealed to me that that there were 99,999,999 other sperm that were trying to fertilize that egg. Let's break it down. Like, 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 literally, literally, like, when your father... And your mother were connecting. There were over a hundred million sperm that could have fertilized that egg. But you made it. Come on now, just give yourself a hand. <laughs> just, you made it. You were the one. You survived. You were the fittest. Is that, that the show? Like the fittest? Like, the, like, like you, you were the survivor. <laughs> and if you're here, trust that God has a plan just for you. You might have said, oh, my parents getting together was an accident. Okay, okay, I'll give you that. But the fact that you were the one that fertilized the egg was no accident. It was ordained by God. I just want to be very clear. I want you to catch it. Your person, your place, your position, who you are, you are ordained by God to be here during this time. And so if you recognize that you are ordained by God, that God has an assignment for you. And I just want to let you know that so often we look at the big assignments like the, like the, the Barack Obamas and the, the individuals in this country and in this world who are making a major difference. We say, well, I'm never going to be a New York Times bestselling author. I'm never going to be a recording artist. Or I'm never going to be this great motivational speaker. And so therefore we think that we really don't have a purpose in our life. But no, no, no. God's purpose for you is not measured, and God's plan for you is not measured by how great or how, how large this stage you stand on in the world's eyes. That God's assignment for you, no matter how small or insignificant in your eyes it might appear to be, it is not small and it is not insignificant. God has a right now assignment for you. Say right now. Right now, right now. Just put it in the chat right now. God has a, a right now, right now assignment. It's like when I'm dealing with my daughters and I'm, you know, listen, I want them to grow up and be beautiful young women and, 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 and do great things. But, but the right now assignment is for you to clean the room. That's the right now. That's the right now assignment. The right now assignment is for you to go put your pajamas on. That's the right now. We'll deal with you conquering the world later. The right now assignment is for you to be nice to your sister. That's the right now. And God has a right now assignment for you. A right now purpose for you. A right now plan for you. We want to know who I'm going to marry. We want to know when I'm going to get married or where will I work or how many kids I will have. We want to know, God, what are you going to do in my life? But that's not how God's plan always works. 
God's plan for you is a right now plan. Right now, this is what I want you to do. And if you respond right now, then you don't have to worry about tomorrow. And you don't have to worry about the next day. He'll take care of all of that. You just make sure that you respond to the right now plan of God. So this is my question for you is how do you respond to the right now plan of God for your life? Do you check God's plan for your life against your past? Do you check God's plan for your life against your pain? So God comes to you with a right now assignment, and you look at that right now assignment like, mm, God, uh, I just went through some stuff back there. I don't know if I want to step into that right now plan right now. Maybe you run it through like a Grammarly. Anyone know what Grammarly is? Any students? Yeah, yeah. you know, Grammarly. I use Grammarly like all the time. If I'm about to send an email, I run that thing through Grammarly real quick just to make sure my grammar's right, no misspell words. I mean, a lot of us, we Grammarly God's plan. We take God's plan and we put it in Grammarly and we say, okay, let me make sure uh, any misspelled sentences, uh, any, can, any things that don't belong there, does it, is it making sense? And then we start changing things based off of Grammarly's, Grammarly's recommendation on how we should actually format the plan. But don't you know that Grammarly's not always right? You know, a lot of times Grammarly will have your sentence looking some, some, some hot mess. Right? And, and so when God comes with a right now plan, listen, listen, don't run that thing through the grammarly of your family and the grammarly of your friends. And let me just run this thing by to make sure it checks out. Let me just run this thing by to make sure other people are okay with it. Too often we are, we are forfeiting and we're rejecting the plan of God for our life because uh, it doesn't align with either where I've been or what I see of myself, or maybe God is calling me to go back into a painful place in my past. And God, I'm not ready for that, so I'm going to reject the gift because I don't like the package. How do you respond to the plan of God? I think many of us, like my daughter, I say, baby, I want you to do this. And sometimes she got the nerve to say, well, let me ask mommy. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Keith. Keith, you, Keith, you're going to get there. You're going to get there one day. I'll be like, hold on, hold on. I said, I, I said, I want you to do this. I got a right now plan for you. In her mind, she's like, well, no, I, I got some, I got to go outside and play first, daddy. And I got to, and then I got to do my Barbie's hair. And then mommy wants me to do something. I said, no, 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 baby, baby. Listen, I got a right now plan for you. Right, right. Like too often we, we, we filter, we view, we run the plan of God through our spell check, through our life check, through our pain check. And we say, oh, God, I'm not ready for this. And again, I'm not talking about, no, you conquering the world type life, like plan. I'm talking about God has a plan for you right now. Maybe there's a relationship that you need to reconcile. And God's like, my right now plan for you, well, I know you want to go on and do big things. My right now plan for you is to reconcile that relationship. Many of you, you're probably, you may be living with someone and this, it ain't right. And God's saying, you want to know my plan for you? My right now plan for you is to extend forgiveness to that person. And you're thinking about, like, well, God, who, what's my next job? And what am I going to do? And where am I going to live? What type of car am I going to get? And God's like, we'll deal with all that. But right now, I got something I need you to do. For many of us, the right now plan that God has for us, he's like, listen, when are you going to cross the street and meet your neighbor and form a relationship with them? When are you going to actually, like, 
talk to your coworkers and just let your light shine wherever you are. Like, I, I got a right now plan for your life. So how do you respond? And that's what I want to just dive into real quick. How do you respond to the right now plan of God for your life? When it appears that that right now plan conflicts and challenges your past, your pain, and you don't like the package. Our text, Luke chapter 1, we read the story of Mary. Now, Mary was a, literally a nobody. Like, she, she didn't come from pedigree. She didn't come from position. She didn't have wealth, money. Mary was just an average 16, 17-year-old living her life, doing her thing. She, I can imagine she met this one gentleman by the name of Joseph who was a few years older than her, and they, Joseph was a carpenter, and they, they hit it off, and they started having conversations, and Joseph, like, saw her, and she would go to the market and pick up the things that her mother would tell her to pick up, and Joseph said, man, that, that young lady right there, she got promised, and I, I think I might make that one my wife, and so Joseph just started forming a relationship with her and getting to know her. I, I imagine that Joseph, at some point, he said, well, let me go have a conversation with her father, so, so Joseph did the, the gentlemanly thing, and he went to the father, and he said, listen, I would love to take your daughter's hand and to make her mine. And, and the father, I'm sure, had to think about it to see what does Joseph have to offer? What can he actually bring? What value he can add to the family? But when it was all said and done, the Mary's father, uh, who uh, eventually gave Joseph uh, 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 the, the, the permission to engage his daughter in this marital relationship. And so, and so they were betrothed, and Mary was just living her life. She was just being faithful in the area that she had been called to be faithful in. There was literally nothing special really about her life. But then one day, God showed up. And the angel showed up, and the angel says, listen, my daughter, listen, my child, um, Mary, do not be afraid, he says, for you have found favor with God. Like you were just living your life, and you found favor with God. And behold, he says, you conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there will be no end. Mary just was like, what? Like, like number one, and we'll kind of get there, number one, she's like, well, I've never been with the man, so how is this going to happen? But, but I guess if you say so, and... And, and I can imagine in her mind, she's just trying to process all of this information. Now, what's interesting is that when the angel comes to her, the angel says, let's look at it. The angel says, you're going to have a son. His name going to be Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will be no end. Seven things. Now, that's beautiful, isn't it? However, as I look closely at the text, it appears the angel, Gabriel, God bless him, it appears he left out some critical information. <laughs> because everything Gabriel just told Mary, which all of it is true, there's a whole lot he didn't tell Mary. Like, like he didn't tell Mary uh, he's actually going to go to the cross and he's going to get beat and spat upon 
and crucified. He, he didn't tell Mary that, uh, and you're going to stand there and you're going to look up at him and you're, your heart's going to break and you're going to have, have be tormented um, for days because you don't know what's happening. Like, like he didn't tell Mary that your son's going to be like, like the, the, the bane of the religious leader's existence. Like they're going to hate him with a, with a, with a venom and with a, with a hatred that we've never seen before. Like, like he didn't tell Mary that actually all of the, the dark kingdom, all of the demonic forces will actually try to rally against your son. And then, uh, and then there's this little, little bit of piece of information. God's actually going to turn his back on your son. Like, 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 like there's some information that the angel left out. That, that I just wonder if, if, if the angel would have told Mary all of that information, if Mary would have been so, so excited or so uh, um, interested in going forward with the plan that God had for her life. But yet, what's interesting to me is that, that we serve a God where it's like he only tells us what we need to know when we need to know it. I mean, come on now, y'all. Like, like if you would have known your husband was going to be, like, that crazy. Like, if you would have known your wife was, like, never going to cook nothing. Like, like if you would have known your kids, like, as much as you love them, would, like, one day literally, like, disrespect you all over the place. Like, like you might just be like, mm. I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to hold off right where I am. But, but the angel gave her just the right of information so that she would make the right decision at the right time. And I think God does that with us. That God's like, listen, don't worry about all of the small details. Don't worry about everything. Just know that right now in this moment, I got a purpose for you, and it's a plan that's going to that's gonna prosper you. I got a plan for you, and it's a purpose that's going to do you, do you good, not harm. I got a purpose for you, and yeah, you might go through some things, but everyone goes through things. And no plan of God is void of some type of pain or suffering along the way. So you're in good company, but God's like, listen, just walk with me. Because I have a right now assignment for you. So Mary, here's what the angel says. And the Mary's like, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Like, I've never been with a man. I don't know a man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged, but, you know, how, how can this be? And the angel then responds and says, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And you will be, you, there will be a child to be born, and he will be the holy son of God. And then the angel said, and just in case you're doubting our ability, I just want to let you know that, you're, 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 that Elizabeth, you know, your, your friend, your relative Elizabeth, who's well up in her age, and everyone's called her barren because she hasn't been able to have children, uh, we got that on lock too. Like we already, you know, we already done work with Zacharias, and they, they done done their thing, and she's six months pregnant. And because, Mary, I just want to let you know that nothing is impossible with God. Some of you all are hearing God say to you, I have a right now plan for your life. But from your perspective, the right now plan for your life feels impossible. Like you're looking at yourself, you're looking at your resources, you're looking at what you have, you see what you don't have, and you're like, God, I don't know how I can ever take that step. I don't know how I can forgive that person. I don't know how I can extend that olive branch, God. I don't know how I can actually, like, witness to my, to my neighbor, God. I don't know how I can literally, literally let my light shine in this situation. God, it's just too hard. 
I don't have what it takes. And God's like, listen, it's not about what you have. It's about what the Holy Spirit will do through you and for you when you just make yourself a willing participant, a willing vessel in this whole grand scheme of things. If you would just surrender to me in this moment, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in the same way he came upon Mary and did the impossible through her. God wants to come upon you and do the impossible in your life with your finances, with your family, with your health, with your job, with COVID, with everything that's happening in this world. God is saying, I can do the impossible. What I need you to do is just embrace my right now plan for you. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about next week. Right now, this is what I'm asking of you. And look at Mary's response. I'm almost done. The musicians can come in and play for me. Look what Mary says. Mary said, verse 38, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Look, 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 look what Mary said. Mary, Mary essentially said, I am the servant of the Lord. Whatever your right now plan for me, God, is, though it might be inconvenient, though it might be a challenge, though I don't understand it, though it like I probably would not make this decision about me, God, if this is your right now plan for me, though I don't necessarily like the package that is coming in or what you're asking of me, God, if this is your right now plan for me, let it be to me according to your word. This is how you respond to the plan of God. You say, let it be. You don't run it through the filter of your past. You don't run it through the filter of your pain. You don't even run it through what you hope your life will become. Because I'm sure that Mary getting pregnant by the Holy Spirit and giving birth to Jesus was not on her life plan. But when God showed up and said, Mary, I'm calling an audible. And I'm taking you in a different direction. And you're going to do something for me. Mary's response was, let it be to me according to your word. This is how you respond to God. When God steps in and says, listen, I need you to forgive. You say, God, it hurts. I don't want to, but let it be to me according to your word. This is how you respond when God steps in and God says, listen, it's time for you to let let that relationship go. You say, God, but I, we've been together so long. We have plans to get married. Like, I think this is the one. But when God is very clear to you, you say, God, let it be to me according to your word. This is how you respond when God says, listen, it's time to transition from that job. That's not, that's not where I want you to be. But God, I've been vested here and I've given so much time and energy here. And what am I going to do? Let it be to me according to your word. When God steps in and God says, listen, I want you to walk with that person. It's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. They're going to go through a lot. But I need you to hold their hand through the trial that they're going through. And you don't want to, 
because of what they've done to you or, or, the, or the relationship you had with them. But God, God says, listen, this is my right now plan for you. Let it be to me according to your word. I just feel that God is needing and looking for people who will be more inclined to follow his plan and say, you know what, whatever your plan is, God, I'm willing. Like, even if it means I got to be unemployed for a while, God, even if it means I got to, this relationship got to end, God, whatever your plan is for my life right now, let it be according to your word. What Mary was about to go through was embarrassing. She, I can imagine, at one moment thought she might become a, a social outcast because especially if Joseph didn't align with this plan because she's now pregnant by someone who's not yet her husband, but yet she doesn't know how that situation is going to work out. But Mary had enough presence of mind to say, God, if this is your will for me in this moment right now, let it be. And the text says, and the angel departed from her. It was like the angel was like, I got one, mission accomplished. Yeah, she's good, God, she's good, she's ready. She's ready, she surrendered. She's open to your will. Like, she's aware. She doesn't know everything, but she's willing to take that step for you. And there's just someone I know you're watching right now and God has been speaking to you. And you've been asking God to like make the entire, your entire plan clear and to make your entire life clear. And God's like, that's not how I operate. I just, I give you enough light for the next step. And the next step that I want you to take is just to be obedient and follow my word. So are we on the same page? Can I trust you? Can you just take that next step? And if you're willing to say, let it be to me according to your word, then God will say, yes, okay, she can take the next step. Yes, he can take the next step. And as you continue to walk with God, I, 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 I promise you that, yes, there may be some challenges and there may be some difficulties and it might hurt sometimes and you might, you might feel it alone at sometimes, but trust that God will never leave you because even when you look through Mary's story all throughout the Gospels, yes, yeah, she went through some things because of that decision she made. But she was in the, the will of God and God was giving her a gift of bearing his son. And God wants to give you a gift of bearing his Holy Spirit in your life and letting your light shine for him and being a light and a witness to all those that you come in contact with to be joy, to be life, to those that do not know him. And God is saying, listen, take a step with me. And my appeal to you today is that you would say, let it be to me according to your word. Can you imagine if Mary would have said no? <laughs> Jesus would have found another, I'm sure. God would have found another but we would not be talking about Mary. God wants to do an amazing thing in your life. And what I want you to understand is that the gift of God for you is for you. Regardless of the package and regardless of how it might be presented, do not reject the gift of God. Don't reject the plan of God. But you can say, as you are walking it out, and as you begin to walk out the plan of God, it will become clear to you that God knows exactly what he's doing. 
and you'll be able to lift your hands and you'll say, Lord, I thank you that I followed you. God, I thank you that I trusted you. God, I thank you that you have done this in me. That I'm so grateful that I didn't let my pain and my past and my pride prevent me from taking that step with you. And you will be able to say, what a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus who is leading me and he's guiding me and he's directing my steps. And yeah, it's not perfect, but my God is perfect. So my, my prayer for you right now, my prayer for the church right now is that we would say as we go into this Christmas season, as we learn the lesson that Mary taught us, that we would be able to say in our spirit, God, whatever your will is, let it be to me according to your word. Can you pray that prayer with me, Father, in the name of Jesus? Lord, you have a right now plan for your people. You have a right now calling for their life. You have a right now purpose for them in this moment. Some of us right now, as we're watching this, we're, we're sitting right next to our right now. Maybe our right now just called us. Maybe we're hooking up and going to see our right now later on today. God, you have a right now plan for us, something that you want us to do right now. And it might not look, it might not come across, it might not appear to be wrapped in the package that we desire, but God, it is still your plan for our life. So may we not reject the gift because we don't like the package. But may we embrace all that you have in, for, in store for us. And there are some, God, I know who right now, they're confused. They're like, well, I don't know exactly what God's right now plan is for me. And I'm confused. I'm hearing multiple things. God, I just pray that you would break through the confusion and that you would speak clearly to every woman, every man, every boy, every child, every person. They would know very clearly, this is my will for you right now. And may you be glorified as your people surrender and become consecrated and follow you with all of our hearts. Lord, we thank you. We love you. We bless you. May we all be able to say as we lift our voices, as we see your plan unfold, man, what a God we serve. What a beautiful God we serve. That he would call someone like me, as wretched, as, as, as a nobody as I am, you would call me to do great things for you. Ah, Lord, this is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.